title of the message this morning is Believe That You Receive. Please say that with me. Believe that you receive. You can turn so long to Mark chapter 11. Uh, it is on your screen. But before we get into that, allow me to give a bit of context. The context is that Jesus had just entered into Jerusalem on a donkey before we read what we read here. He had entered into Jerusalem. It was indeed a triumphal entry. And it effectively was announcing prophetically that he was the Messiah that had been waited for. And Jesus was received with great joy and exuberance. They were excited to receive Jesus. Now let's look at Mark chapter 11 verse 12 to 14, and then we'll skip a few verses, go into verse 20 to 24. Here we go. Now, the next day, when they had come out of Bethany, he, that's Jesus, was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. Wow. And his disciples heard it. Now, before we jump to verse 20, allow me to briefly explain the significance of the fig tree. Because what had just happened in Jerusalem and the fig tree, these things are tied together and should be seen with a prophetic symbolance or symbolic aspect to it. So the fig tree is actually a picture of Jerusalem. And not only Jerusalem, but the nation of Israel as a whole. You see, only hours earlier, Jesus had entered into Jerusalem and he was received with great acclamation and praise. Now, the praise speaks of the leaves on the fig tree. But although the fig tree had volumes of leaves, it had lots of praise, there was no fruit. It was the same thing for Jerusalem. There was lots of leaves of praise, but there was no fruit because in the same way, the cry of Hosanna, the cry of praise, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, would soon turn to the cry of crucify him. One commentary says, Jesus saw the nation of Israel as a barren fig tree. It had leaves of profession, but no fruit. And I want to say to you, here today we have been praising God in the congregation so beautifully. And by the way, it's surely one of the greatest joys in life to worship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Isn't it? It's wonderful. And in terms of that praise, it must not just stop there, but we should go on to bear fruit in our lives in keeping with the declaration of our mouths. Let's carry on in verse 20. And it says, Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered them and said, 
Have faith in God. Please say that. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he asks. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, we're talking this year about Lord, teach us to pray. Here's another key. Whatever things you ask when you pray, here it is. Say those four words with me. Believe that you receive. One more time. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. You are being taught here by the Master Jesus a key to an effective prayer life that you would believe that you receive. And the thing about believing that you receive is that when you believe that you receive, you effectively get the answer before the answer manifests itself. Amazing. That's what faith does. Now, we'll get back to uh, this passage a little bit later, but for now, I'd like to mention point number one of three points I'm sharing with you. Number one, when you pray, apply meaning to your prayer. Would you say that with me? When you pray, apply meaning to your prayer. Do you think that that is actually important? I believe it is important. And I'd like to take you to Matthew 6. You can turn there in your Bible. Matthew 6, verse 7 to 8. And uh, this is also an aspect relating to prayer. But I believe that there's a tie into the bigger picture. It says, Jesus speaking, he says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore do not be like them. For your father knows. Folks, your father knows. Your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So in verse 7, would you notice that phrase which says vain repetitions? I find that quite interesting. You see, some people think that God is impressed by wordy prayers, by long-winded prayers. They think that if they jabber on and say all sorts of things that might sound a little bit fancy, that God will be impressed. But you know what? That is not the case. <laughs> I believe that God is looking for, listen to this, simple prayers prayed from a sincere heart. And for some of you, I believe that you need to change a little bit of your prayer life because you get into some sort of a high-performance mode where you suddenly got to change your accent before God. And now you don't just talk to God normally and you just begin to like, Oh, God. Oh, God. It's early in the morning. I will seek you early in the morning. You know, and you think, well, where did the tremolo come from? Why the tremolo all of a sudden? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. We thank thee, Lord, from whence thou cometh and whence thou 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 to us goest. And even yea, Lord, even yea, we thank thee, even yea. And it's, it's funny. I mean, like, what happened to you? You suddenly pray differently. Don't act religious. Just be real. You know what I love about David? He prayed in a very real kind of way. 
even said, Lord, smash the teeth of my enemy. Now, now I don't recommend that you pray that, but he was very real in the way that he prayed. I honestly think some of us get super spiritual. Let me ask you, what are your prayers like? Maybe when you're praying in a life group, do you suddenly switch into a certain mode? You would pray privately like this, but now suddenly you switch into a different mode. And you start to suddenly have to quote scriptures as you're praying. And, and Lord, in uh, Matthew 4 verse 5, we thank you that this is evident. And, you know, 1 Corinthians 2.13 declares that we have this. And, and Romans 4 verse 15, you know, why don't you just pray? <laughs> Instead of trying to pray, impress other people, just pray what's on your heart. Yeah, quote scripture while you're praying by all means. But sometimes you can pick up if somebody is trying to impress somebody else. So we don't need to use many words. But our prayer should just be simple and from the heart. And when you're praying in a life group, I wonder how the people around about you feel. Do they feel, oh God, please let him just dry up? <laughs> how many of you prepared to say you've got somebody in your life group like that? No, no, please don't put up your hand. <laughs> but you know what? Everybody knows that person. Brother Long-Winded. Oh, my word. Some people, on the other hand, they believe that if you pray a little prayer over and over and over again, that'll be more effective. But that's not the case either, because you know what? It's not about repeating a rhyme where you say, Oh God, heal our nation. 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 It, it's not about repeating a rhyme. It's about communion with your Father who is in heaven and say, Oh God. Would you please heal our nation? You see the brokenness, you see the pain. Would you heal our nation? Now, let's look at once again that phrase, vain repetitions. But let's leave out the word repetitions and just look at the word vain. I find it interesting that the word vain can appear in the context of prayer. This tells me that if we don't pray with the right heart attitude and sort of rightly unto the Lord that our prayers could actually be totally ineffective. They could be in vain. They could be useless. Now, none of us wants to pray in that way. And so this is why Jesus is talking. And he says, don't be like the heathen. Don't use these vain repetitions. Don't babble on with lots of words. Your father knows. Just come into communion with your father and present your requests to the Lord. I believe that that's the way we should pray. And so it's important that we pray with meaning. Now, how many of you can say that when you sit down for a meal together as a family, you say grace? You thank the Lord for the food. Raise a hand if that's you. Okay. I would like to suggest to you, or I know for a fact, that praying to thank the Lord for the food is biblical. Do you know that? Jesus, before he fed the multitudes, he took the bread and the fish, and he gave thanks unto the Father, and then it was distributed. And I would like to suggest to you that if you are a born-again child of God, before you have your meal, that you pray and you thank the Lord for the food. But don't say some super fast prayer that nobody can even register the words. Father, thank you for this food. I was in Jesus' name. Amen. Rub it up, thanks for the grub. Amen. Where's the salt? Where's the salt? Pass me the salt, you know? No, 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 no. Add meaning to your prayer. I remember my grandfather on my mother's side. His name was Ralph Austin M. Ooh, say that again. <laughs> Ralph Austin M. 
quite a mean-sounding name. But Grandpa had this prayer that he would pray before saying grace. And as a kid, little kid of five, I didn't understand it. He would say, Lord, thank thee for these, bo- uh, he would say, Lord, bless these bodily tokens to us and thy use and us to thy service for Christ's sake. Amen. And I would think, wow, what are bodily tokens? Are those like toes and little parts of your body and God blesses them and so on. God bless these bodily tokens to our use and us to thy service of Christ. Say, Amen. Well, you know what? Even though he prayed that prayer, it was pretty fast. I knew he meant business with God. But here's the point. When you pray, add meaning to your prayer. So say, Lord, thank you for this food. Bless it to our bodies. And thank you for church today. This is now when you're praying at home later on, all right? Thank you for church today and that we could worship you. It was wonderful. Bless you, Lord. Amen. Come on. Say to the person next to you, add meaning to your prayer. Now that's a bit soft. Say it a bit louder. Add meaning to your prayer. Now that's a bit loud. Please settle down. Let's go on to point number two. When you pray, have confidence in the character of your heavenly Father. Please say that with me. When you pray, have confidence in the character of your heavenly Father. The scripture says, Matthew 7 verse 7 to 11, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Now, verse 9 is something that we haven't looked at recently. It says, Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? That's crazy. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? That's crazy. If you then... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? In the context of what's being shared here, it speaks about asking, seeking, and knocking. And I would say an important thing that we can learn out of this is persistence in prayer. I do believe that some of us give up too quickly when we're asking God for something in prayer. I wonder how many people have given up in the 11th hour when God was about to bring breakthrough. I want to encourage you. I know that there are many people under the sound of my voice that you are praying for an unsaved family member, an unsaved cousin or daughter or spouse, and you've been praying for quite a long time, and I want to say well done to you for persisting in prayer, even if it's been a number of years, and I want to encourage you by the Spirit of God today, and I want to say, please keep on praying, because there are so many testimonies of loved ones that have prayed for their unsaved family, and they have come to Christ. So let there be persistence in our prayer. Now, The key verse is verse 11, that last one, it says, if you then being evil, I'd like to say being evil by comparison, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask? Now, you know what this is all about, folks? This is all about having confidence in the nature of your heavenly Father and having confidence in the character of your heavenly Father. And by the way, I believe that this is a key to a greater prayer life. When you begin to realize, my Abba Father hears my prayers. He is open to hearing my prayers. And I want to encourage you and say that this is a key to prayer. 
realizing that we're coming to our Father. Can I encourage you today? Have confidence in the character of your heavenly Father. It is important. It is so important. I want to tell you, don't believe all the junk about God being cruel and unreasonable with a stick in hand, eager to punish you. That is rubbish. That is simply not true. But I want to tell you the truth, and it's found in Psalm 145, verse 8. It says, the Lord is gracious and, say those three words with me, full of compassion. One more time, full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. Another translation says, rich in love. And I want to tell you, stop believing the lies about the heavenly Father that the enemy would try to put into your heart because that is the God that you and I serve. The God who is gracious and full of compassion, abounding in love. That is the God that we serve. And when you are praying, you pray with the confidence of the God who is full of compassion. I want to say to you today that your heavenly Father is a wonderful heavenly Father. I want to say to you, child of God, Father loves you dearly. Some of you need to hear that from the Spirit of God. I want to say that your Heavenly Father, He loves you. He has loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with cords of love, He has drawn you. So have confidence in the character of God. Look at the statement on your screen. God is not selfish, begrudging, or stingy. We don't have to beg or grovel as we come with our requests. He is a loving Father who understands cares and comforts. Now listen to this. I love this. If human beings can be kind, just imagine how kind Father God can be. Wow. So I want to encourage you that you would have confidence in the character of your father. Point number three, the last point. When you pray, apply faith to your prayer. Please say that with me out aloud. When you pray, apply faith to your prayer. So we said number one, when you pray, apply meaning to your prayer. Number two, when you pray, have confidence in the character of your heavenly father. And now when you pray, apply faith to your prayer. We go back to our original text that we look at, looked at, and Mark eleven twenty four says, Therefore I say to you, I want to remind you, this is the King of Kings, this is the Messiah, this is the one who stretched out the universe, and he, the Son of God, says to you, whatever things you ask, by the way, what are you asking for? <laughs> whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive. Please say that with me. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. Let me tell you a story. When I was about 10 years of age, my mom and I, when we were driving in the car, we began to notice a certain property, a house that we wanted to ask the Lord for to be our family home. So we had lived in the older east of Pretoria in the Brooklyn area, and now the church had moved out further in the east of the city. And we were commuting and it was taking quite a bit of time. We realized we needed to move close to where the new church was. And so my mom and I, we somehow driving along one day, we noticed a particular house 
on the hill uh, above the new church site, and we kind of just thought, well, wouldn't that be a wonderful house to stay in? And there was perhaps more than just a good idea, maybe there was a God idea that was birthed within us, so we just began to, every now and again, to say, Lord, we would really like to ask you for that house. And my mom and I would pray, and we would say, we claim that house in Jesus' name. We're going to just go ahead and believe that we receive. And so as we would drive every once in a while, we would see it in a certain place that we drove, and, and we would ask the Lord. Nothing much happened immediately, but about 18 months later, we got a call from an estate agent saying that there were three properties uh, in that broader area that we could go and have a look at. And... Do you know that we went and saw one of the properties and it was exactly that property that we had begun to pray and ask the Lord for? When we first walked in from the street side, we didn't realize. Then we went out to the front side and we could see the house and then we were my goodness, could this be coincidence? Coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. <laughs> and so you know what? God made a way. We were able to purchase that property, and we were able to move in, and for many years, it was our family home, and we as sons were married out of that home, but you know, it began with something that we were asking for, something that we were believing that we would receive. Can we thank God for His provision like that? I tell you what, God wants to do the same for you, and I believe that God is stirring our faith today. He wants us to step out beyond self-imposed limitations. I think for some people that are sitting here today, you've said, well, my faith will go this far. I'm not gonna step out beyond that. But I believe that God is wanting to stretch your faith today. And God is wanting to build, listen to this, unprecedented faith in your life. Unprecedented faith means you've never gotten to that place before, but God wants to build you to that place. Because he's wanting you to believe him, to take you further in your life, in your career, in your destiny, in your ministry, in things that he wants to provide for you. And so he wants to build unprecedented faith. Now, the Dakes Reference Bible gives 10 conditions to answered prayer. I'm going to read through them very quickly. So these are things that should be in place if we want to see breakthrough in answered prayer. Have the faith of God. Pray in no uncertain terms what you desire. Have unlimited faith without qualifying and limiting God's world, uh, sorry, God's will or what you desire. Refuse to doubt in your hearts. Believe that whatever is asked will be given. Believe that whatever is asked is already granted. Be authoritative and command to come to pass what is asked. I want to say to you that sometimes I think we're a little sheepish in the way that we're putting our request out. I want to encourage you and say that there's times where holy boldness rises up and you begin to command those situations to come into line. In the same way that Jesus spoke to the storm and he said, peace, be still. Another one is believe that what you're asking is God's will. Otherwise, you wouldn't be asking in the first place. Another one, never say, if it be thy will, concerning anything that is definitely promised in the word of God. And the last one says, have a clean heart and life 
with God and your fellow men. Because you know the scripture says, when you stand praying and you remember there is an issue, settle it. And so these are some quick keys, conditions to answered prayers. Are you still with me? Say amen. amen. I also want to say this as we're starting to draw to a close, that do you realize that faith is a muscle which can be built and developed? Right now, you might be facing a situation where your faith muscle is quite small. I want to encourage you and I want to let you know it can grow. If you think of athletes, professional athletes, they are training all the time to develop their muscles. If the athlete doesn't train, the muscle weakens. And so sometimes they might have an operation or procedure because of an injury and they have to rest for six weeks, the muscle weakens. But straight after that, when they're ready, they have to begin to exercise that muscle and grow the muscle. I want to tell you, it is true that your faith can grow. Tell the person next to you, your faith can grow. Your faith can grow, most certainly it can. And verse 23, it speaks of mountains being removed. Now, what do mountains represent? Mountains represent obstacles that we face in life. And Jesus said, if you believe that you can uh, take a mountain and cast it into the sea, it will be done. Now, as I've, as I've mentioned, it, I don't believe that the Lord really wanted us to look at Table Mountain and say, okay, I'm casting this into the sea, whoop, and Table Mountain go, all the people in the cable cars are going, yee, into the sea. No, I don't believe that the Lord really wanted us to re rearrange the geographical landscape. But I believe He wanted us to rearrange the spiritual landscape. And what do mountains really speak of? They speak of obstacles, hindrances to the plan and purpose of God in your life. And God is wanting a new faith to arise where you will say to an obstacle in your situation, be thou removed right now in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you a story. There was a, somebody that came up for prayer here and came to have me pray with them in the front. And so they were talking about the job situation. There was a lot of difficulty, and they were feeling somewhat victimized in their situation. And so while I was praying for this person, a gentleman, I felt to pray that the boss would be removed. How many of you would like me to pray that your boss would be removed? <laughs> Woo! Maybe your boss is watching on live streaming. He saw your face now. Watch out, watch out. I couldn't pray that unless I sensed it was from the Lord. But in that situation, as I was praying, I sensed it was from the Lord. And so I prayed. And I said, Lord, I pray that you would remove this boss. He is committing unrighteousness. And I pray that he would be removed. And the person came back to me not too long after, maybe three or four weeks later, and said the boss was removed. Can you believe it? When you pray, believe that you receive. And you know what? Sometimes you just know that what you're asking is the will of God. You just know it. Let me tell you, years ago we moved into this facility, but we didn't own it. We were renting it. But many of us began to sense and we just began to know that this place was for us. 
And so we began to pray and we began to believe. And as a result of the goodness of God and answer to prayer, we have received what God has done. Come on, can somebody give God a hand of praise? I want to tell you this is a miracle. The fact of the matter is, is you are sitting in a miracle. I had no idea what God was going to provide in the future. And you know what? This is only the beginning. God has more things in store. Come on, would you stand with me right now? Let's stand together. Now, I said, without anybody leaving right now, except the hospitality team, I said that I, I wanted to challenge you this morning and ask is there one particular area where you are wanting to stretch out your faith and ask God for a breakthrough in that particular area? Because now we're going to lay it before the Lord. Think about it for a moment. You might be facing a situation where you have a huge credit card debt and you're desperate. Maybe you could put that before the Lord. And say, Lord, I'm trusting you that that will be wiped out. Maybe there's a relationship that needs to be restored. Maybe you are really believing God for a change in your working environment. Whatever it may be. Maybe you are believing God for a breakthrough in terms of anxiety being broken in your life. Now's the time to believe that we receive. Let's close our eyes. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you that you are our heavenly Father. And we thank you that we declare how much more will our heavenly Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. So here we are. You say we have not because we ask not, but now we ask. And so heavenly Father, each one of us now, places before you that particular request. Now, right now, you just place that request before the Lord. That one thing that you are asking Him to bring a complete change in. That one thing that you are asking and believing that He will bring breakthrough in. We submit that to you now, Lord. We submit that to you right now. And Lord, in simple childlike faith, we're asking that you would meet those needs, that you would answer those prayers. And we, in line with your word, believe that we receive. We believe that we receive. Say that with me. We believe that we receive. One more time. We believe that we receive. And we give you all of the honor and thanks. In the matchless name of Jesus.